Welcome to Redefining the Good Life, the podcast that calls BS on the rat race of modern life and helps you finally have the courage to go after your dreams. I'm your host, Aishan Karaduman, aka The Omnivorist. I'm a life coach and functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Using a blend of mindset tools and ancestral nutrition, as well as understanding just what it means to be human today, I'm here to help you change the trajectory of your life. Another future is possible, my friend. Welcome on board. Hello, my friends. I am so excited to be speaking to you again. As you may have noticed, I took a little bit of a break during the summer. Um, we spent five weeks in Turkey, and um, it had been four years since the last time, so it had been quite a while. And and the boys, like it was great to see them reunite with their with their uncle, with their grandparents, and just you know enjoy the sea and the sun and all the food, all the amazing food. Uh, it was really, it was definitely. Um, very well spent. It was definitely very appreciated. Um, it was wonderful to be back. It was a little hot, <laughs> but I think that um, I would I would prefer that to the summer that was in France. That was pretty chilly and rainy, from what I understand. Sorry. Um, it was in some ways also an emotionally challenging summer for me. Um, just about the way you know, more about the world at large, let's say, and specifically around the whole handling of the pandemic. And, you know, I already had lots of questions around the way that that situation has been handled. And, um, and so, you know, things kind of came to a head over the summer, <laughs> if, you, if you know what I mean. And so I was constantly going back and forth between um, kind of in a way, grieving the way things were, the way I thought the world was, and the way it no longer is. Maybe it was always this way, and I just wasn't aware of it. it everything's possible, right? Our consciousness is only, it's always limited. Um, but yeah, I, I had to do a lot of, um, let's say, uh, like, I, I had to really work on my emotional resilience. I think that's a really good way to put it. And now, I'm going to actually, this podcast, I'm also going to take the opportunity to kind of catch you up with everything that's been going on with me. I've been making lots of changes in my personal life, and um, but I feel like my personal life and what's going on at the world, in the world at large, they're, they're kind of, they kind of go hand in hand in a way. And I'm, I'm of, of, of course the kind of person like who asks lots of questions and who thinks about all these things all the time. And what it all means and what it all what it means for me and how I need to be in this life and how I need to make my own choices for my own life. So I think the two really go together. So let me just first um, begin with a little bit of a background regarding um, the whole COVID situation because I think that that's basically a little a little bit of a, an elephant in the room that I would like to really address a little more um, explicitly today. Now I was ba- you know back in the spring of. 2020, 
I was totally on board, just like everybody else. You know, it was, as you will remember, it was it was kind of this exceptional moment, extraordinary moment in, in the history of humanity. And it was kind of that time when it, it was kind of like a uh, an all hands on board kind of moment, right? And, and so, you know, I kind of, you know, went along with it. And, and the first confinement actually went pretty well for us, for my family, um, pretty peaceful. And, um, and then, you know, and then the summer came and everything seemed okay, except apparently it wasn't. <laughs> so, and then by the time the second confinement hit, and I think I talked about this already on the podcast, I was a bit like, what? What is going on here? I don't get it. <laughs> There's something that's that's just not right. And that's just kind of starting to smell fishy. And then by the time the third confinement hit in the in the spring, around that time, I was like, okay, like the cognitive dissonance here is just getting to be way too big. And that's when I really started to specifically seek out information around what was going on and kind of looking at um, what people were saying that was not really being said in the in all the mainstream um, news channels. And, you know, and I realized like a year into it, and now like 18 months into it, the cognitive dissonance was just way too much. This just didn't, you know, it just wasn't adding up at all. And at some point, my goodwill completely dried up. And, and I know that I'm not the only one in this. And I, I started to kind of, you know, I started to first get really weary of everything that we were being asked to do. You know, you can only hold your breath for so long, right? It's not something you're supposed to do. It's not it's not a lifestyle. It's it's just uh, it's supposed to be an exceptional moment and then it's supposed to be over and then you're supposed to develop more long-lasting strategies. And so, you know, I started to get really weary around like the confinement after confinement. And of course, also in my personal life, you know, it, it was definitely getting very tough for me to handle the isolation. And and then I became, after becoming weary, I started to become really disappointed and I started to feel really cheated and I started to finally get really, really mad. And, you know, as someone who has made it her job, who has taken it upon herself to talk about the good life and what the good life means, I started to really increasingly feel called to speak speak out about this. Not that I had any of the answers, but I just thought, you know, if I'm asking these questions, I'm sure others are asking these questions as well. And and of course, I realized also that, you know, so many of our liberties have been quietly stripped away, you know, all the while we were just literally sitting around in our homes. And I thought also, you know, not to mention all the collateral damage that massive lockdowns um, have caused in human health and vitality, which is supposed to be the point of all this. So that, again, was a little ironic for me. It didn't make sense. And so, um, you know, as I was, you know, already starting to ask questions and growing kind of weary and wary uh, last spring, um, of course, since then, now it's September 2021, um, things have gotten only more dystopian um, with all the draconian measures and all kinds of mandates and, you know, just basically only one solution being touted as the way out of this mess. And everything, you know, that I know, like given everything that I know about human health and resilience and vitality, I, I, you know, at some point I was like, no, 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 this just doesn't work. This just does not make any sense. And, you know, let us make no mistake about this, because this is not a conversation 
about human health. Because if it were, we would recognize that life is a community. Life thrives in community. And I'm speaking about both the micro and the macro level. And when we deny that truth, we harm ourselves and we harm the world around us. And really on a really practical level, if this really were about human health, you know, a year and a half into it, we would have seen large-scale public health efforts to actually promote good health and resilience. Um, you know, we would have seen campaigns that invite people to eat better, to sleep more, to stop smoking, to stop sitting so much, you know, to start lifting weights, to turn off their television, etc., etc., etc. You know, the, the, the options are really endless there. But instead, all we have been fed, at least by the mainstream um, channels, has been fear. Fear of our own bodies, fear of one another, fear of nature, fear of an evil pathogen out there, out to get us, you know, everything like that. And personally, for me, when fear is pitted against resilience, I will always choose resilience, right? Because think about it. I mean, if we ask the question or if we answer the question, um, is our current handling uh, of this crisis, has it made us more resilient in the long term, perhaps even in the face of future pandemics, um, or even just going about our lives in general, has it made us more resilient in the face of that or not? And the answer is, I would say, a resounding no, you know? And as is pretty usual for our civilization, we always try to take the easy way out, right? We always, you know, as a system, as a culture, we prefer the short-sighted vision. Oh, you know, let's just get out of this mess at any cost, and then we'll think about it when we get to the other side. But except when it comes to this this conversation, it just doesn't work that way. Um, I'm going to paraphrase Byron Katie. I'm going to kind of liberally use what she usually says. When we argue with nature and life itself, we lose 100% of the time. That's just the, you know, that's just the way it is. And what we are not realizing as a society, or even really global communities, is that there is a cost to all of our behaviors. So what is the cost of avoiding germs at all cost? Our immune systems need to be confronted with pathogens. They need to become sick. They need to do that so that they can reset themselves in order to become more efficient and more resilient. And so what happens to us in the absence of all pathogens right? It actually makes us sicker. It makes us, you know, we're we're out of practice. Our immune systems are out of practice, so they can't cope, okay? So this is why I want to say, like, this is not about, this cannot be about human health, because this is like, or if it is, it's incredibly wrongheaded, because what we're doing is we're waging all-out war against life itself. And here's the thing, and this, you know, this isn't about you know, the recent pandemic or anything like that, even before that, for decades now, 
our modern, our modern lifestyles have been dramatically opposed to resilience. That was already true before. And I think that the way we have handled this pandemic has made it really so that it's gotten really out of control, you know? Because think about it, when we are so obsessed with avoiding death at all cost and favoring safety at all cost, that means we're no longer actually living. We're actually divorced from the business of life at that point. When we're obsessed with merely surviving, merely staying alive, we are not thriving. And the questions I always like to ask, as you know, I'm big on asking yourself hard questions, interesting questions, like, what does it mean to be alive? What does it mean to have a good life? What have we unthinkingly normalized that goes against the very thing that gives us life? And I, I am inviting you to ask these kinds of questions and to listen to what comes from deep within. You know, things we thought unimaginable, unthinkable, um, like, you know, a year ago, a year and a half ago, have now become completely normalized and reflexive. But that's where the danger lies. The danger lies when we, have, when we normalize things that actually we didn't really consent to like where there has actually not been informed consent. We haven't actually understood the full, um, what's the word I'm looking for, full impact of those behaviors. We have just accepted because it's become the new thing, the new norm. And when we just accept wholesale assumptions about, you know, quote unquote, what sensible people like us believe without stopping to ask ourselves, if these are indeed things that we want to be believing, that, you know, that can get very dangerous. And, you know, on my bad days, this shit gets me really worried. You know, I wonder, like, and I, and I, I thought about this a lot over the summer, like, how to be in this new world, you know? When I first got into all this stuff, you know, you've, you've heard me talk, um, you've heard me tell my story before uh, when I was during my first pregnancy nine years ago, you know, I, you know, I dug into all kinds of research and I really researched the hell out of everything I could get my hands on around holistic health and nutrition and how to, how to thrive, how to have healthy babies and all that stuff. And something that really quickly became clear was that it takes work to stay healthy in today's world. Because, you know, there's so much to consider. There's so much to take into consideration because our default modern lifestyles are not designed to keep us healthy and happy. You know? So if you aren't actually deliberately making choices around your health and your happiness and your resilience on an everyday basis, just know that the automatic behaviors, the, the habits that have just been passed down to you by this culture are not, you know, conducive to making you feel good over the years. And, you know, and these issues have become so polarized, which really is quite unreal if you think about it. You know, and people say things like, I believe in, you know, in the science, like as if science were a religion, as if science meant one body of dogma that everybody agreed upon. 
But you know what? Newsflash, science is not a monolith, and scientists disagree all the time. In fact, that's the whole point of scientific inquiry. So what you need to understand is that we are always living in story, okay? These days, you know, we like to think about like, oh, there's a war of narratives going on, basically. It's true. It is true. Some of us live in completely different realities that have nothing to do with one another. It's pretty amazing. Now, stories are necessary. Stories are necessary for human survival because we cannot live otherwise. It's impossible for our brains to handle the stream of information otherwise. It's just, it would just be overwhelming. So stories are a necessity. But when you don't examine them, when you just accept them wholesale, they become dangerous because they have the power to create reality. And therefore, not questioning which story you're living in, which story you're inhabiting, is one of the most dangerous things you can do. So the thing that I always like to think about is that I like to ask myself, like, why is human health such a blind spot for so many otherwise very intelligent and sensitive and sensible people? I honestly don't understand this. For example, you know, why is it that when it comes to Monsanto and pesticides and artificial fertilizer, we all agree that that is not the way to support or foster healthy soil? That's not really a very controversial position, at least not yet. It might become one hmm, if we don't pay attention. But when it comes to human health, we're so ready to buy into modern medicine, um, you know, and like buy this whole story around like, progress and how we, you know, think, thanks to modern medicine, that's why we're here today, which absolutely, which makes absolutely no sense, right? If you consider how long we've been on this earth. And, you know, we're so ready to buy that when pharmaceutical companies have wreaked unspoken harm on human health. And incidentally, on the environment as well, because, you know, all the, all those drugs that people take, then get excreted into the natural world, and cause lots of havoc as well. So, like, why do we pretend that good nutrition and an appropriate lifestyle are just nice-to-haves rather than the source, the very source of resilience? Why do we have such a lowly opinion of the miraculous human body that we think it's not capable of doing its job without being propped up by modern pharmaceuticals? Really, why do we think that? Where did that thinking come from? How did we accept that? Did we actually take it upon ourselves one day to really think through the issue and then come to this conclusion? Or did we just take it as an automatic, um, like it's an automatic response? This is what sensible people like us believe. So, you know, how does that, you know, how does that make sense really if we don't, like, how does not believing in the miracle of the human body, how does that make sense when you consider that never in the history of humanity have we been as sick as we are today, as beset by chronic problems? And I'm not even talking about all the mental issues, you know? Like, how can we be living in a world right now where hashtag natural immunity is banned on Instagram? Like, how is that even possible? How did we even get here, right? And that is just but one example. 
one egregious example of the censorship that is going on there. So that's kind of like my soapbox moment, because I realized at some point, like, if I'm talking about the good life and redefining what that means, I can't not talk about this stuff. This is my truth. And I don't want to shut up about it. Okay. So if we get back to the summer, as I was saying, I went through a lot of grief, I would call it, I would call it that. And I'm not saying it's over and done with by any means. But I think I, you know, that's, I was kind of busy with that for a while. Um, again, for what I thought the world used to be, that I know it has gone forever, that it's no longer there. But I also know that this grief and anger and depression sometimes and disappointment and all these really strong feelings, that is also, like, on the one hand, as you know, like I teach you always, right, to welcome all of your feelings, to welcome especially those negative feelings. It's when we try to resist the negative feelings and when we try to buffer those away, that's when we get into all kinds of problematic behaviors. So it is so important to allow all those emotions to have their place, have their um, time of day and go through you, move through you, right? But then when, actually, it's only when you do that, when they actually move through you, then you don't actually stay in it forever. Yeah? Because once they're processed, then there's a calm that comes. There is a remembering that comes of who we truly are deep inside. And that space, that calm, it's from there that we get to create. And today, this is my proposition to you. What if this was a time of opportunity? What if all of this was happening because they are afraid of our power? Because make no mistake, my friend, we are powerful. You are powerful. This is a time of opportunity. The new world that we've always wanted, that we've been talking about for years, you know, taking care of ourselves and our food and our children and our lifestyles and all of our, you know, self-help work and personal development and self-care and all of that, all of that, all of that was for this moment. All of that was preparation for this. We were born for this. Now is the time to have the courage of our convictions and dare dream up another world. So that is my invitation to you today. So as I said, I also wanted to catch you up a little on what's been going on for me personally. And if you follow me on um, social media, if you, um, on Instagram, you can follow me at The Omnivorist, if you don't already. Um, you may have seen um, what I've posted recently. So I've gone through some big life changes. Um, I have separated with the father of my children, um, but this is a process that we did with a lot of deliberation, with a lot of consciousness, and conscientiousness. We've been, it's been something that's been, let's say, um, in preparation for a long time. 
and we really also you know took care to prepare the kids for it and really presented to them as a way as a new evolution in our family format and now they get to have two homes in two beautiful places <laughs> um so yeah i moved um further south uh now i'm in les landes towards the south of it so kind of close to the pays basque and it's something that let's just say as i was on this journey um of these you know that brought about these changes i had a moment of you know clarity one day where i felt really deep within my bones that i was ready to have my own space and to have my own time to myself and i can confirm now now that i've done it <laughs> that it really is sacred for me it is really sustenance and also it really it helps that the place i came to is beautiful i've never lived as much in nature and this is really what i wished for this is really what i had actually um uh um articulated to myself and thanks to my wonderful life coach Kasia Kuzinski if you don't follow her you should also follow her a little plug for her she's wonderful and she's the one who'd asked me you know what would be amazing like what what situation would be amazing for you in terms of a new place to live and at that point i couldn't even allow myself to totally dream right because you know i also have a human brain just like you do and i was like well more nature would be amazing and of course more space so that i can bring the kids and and um and also you know maybe this is not exactly the next step maybe the one after that but really what i really really want is to be kind of in community this is something i've had on my mind for many years now living around community and i know that this is an idea that like scares a lot of people but also draws a lot of people right there are a lot of people who are trying these kinds of things and last year we'd also gone to a few different places where people were trying this kind of group setup or in different in different variations on a theme and and I've been wanting to try and start experimenting with this for a long time now and so to make a long story short I am renting um a gîte like a bed and breakfast but obviously not as a bed and breakfast I'm like taking it full time except for the summer months um next to another homeschooling family on this gorgeous um piece of property and um so yeah like i have the nature i have the space you know the boys of course love it here and and i live next to wonderful people and um our little community like you know everyone has their own place and space and privacy and yet obviously like the support and the company is right outside the door so it really feels so 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 amazing and so i've been here for uh, 3 weeks now and it's just been like i've been kind of pinching myself the whole time <laughs> and last weekend i um i wasn't with my kids and i attended a a retreat an ecstatic dance retreat and had such an amazing time it was it was really truly magical that's actually a you know the word i would use it was 3 days of movement and journey within and meaningful connection with others being in a completely safe space and free to be to be oneself and it was so symbolic to me on so many levels i thought you know i can now take this kind of time for myself on a regular basis and i feel like i've never quite felt 
as free as I do today um, at 46 years old. And, and it just keeps getting better, you know? I'm really humbled by it all. And one of the mornings over this weekend, um, during one of the meditations, I received such clear messages. I know exactly why I'm here. I have a beautiful mission to serve on this earth. And it is really confirming what I have been saying from the beginning of this podcast, which by the way, it's been a year. It's been a year since I started this podcast. So if you haven't caught up on all the episodes, you better do it. Um, so that is that mission is really to dedicate myself to recovering the proper human experience. And that starts with myself and my own life and then radiate it out from there and help others on their own path of getting there. And there I was that morning on this weekend, like all my needs were met. My body, I felt good in my body. I felt alive. I felt connected to myself, to the, to the others around me and to nature. And again, just think about those needs. These needs are actually so basic that they have not changed in hundreds of thousands of years. We really don't need to reinvent the wheel, my friend. We don't need to look to technology to somehow make us better. We are already miraculous beings. Our happiness, our thriving, go through remembering and restoring that. And the funny thing is when I think about all of this is that... Um, you know, as crazy and like anxiety producing as 2021 has been so far, if I really think about it, like personally, it's kind of been one of the best years of my life. I have grown so much this year, like it's just unbelievable. And I can't help but think that it's not despite what's going on in the world, but it's thanks to it. It's because of it. I think that once again, this is such a time, such a like a, a time of such great opportunity. And guess what? When we see it that way, that's exactly what we create. So, friends, becoming resilient in mind, body, and spirit have never been as crucial as it is today. And that is exactly what I help my clients with, okay? To become resilient and to have the courage to go after what their heart is yearning for in this lifetime. So if you're called to do this work, just drop me a line and we will book your free discovery call. My email's in the show notes. Now you go and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Your interest and attention mean the world to me. If you'd like to continue the conversation, just hop on over to our Facebook group, Redefining the Good Life Community. See you in there.